Welcome everybody to the Airlock Podcast, episode number 13. I almost forgot the episode number. Uh, where today we actually have uh, one of our command staff for, um, joining us today. And yep, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. The moment where I say, uh, would it be a lead stream without some technical difficulties? Because there goes the music. <laughs> Uh, let's just refresh that, and that should work. There it goes. Yeah, there it goes. A little ambiance in the background. Uh, um, yeah. So, uh, few things the uh, need to talk about. Uh, first up, uh, Imperial Storm Four has come and gone. And uh, congratulations to those on the ISD Two Warrior. A uh, hard-fought battle, war, war sims, war games, whatever you want to call it. A hard-fought competition between all three ships, but congratulations to the warrior for their victory. Uh, well-earned. Well-earned indeed. Um, though, I will say that for those of you who kept saying that our Chaquilla distilleries have been blown up, I, uh, let me be the first to inform you, you are sorely mistaken to, th to think we only have one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, lots of things have, uh, have occurred since the last podcast. I want to also apologize right now for the, um, for the lack of some episodes that are no longer on the VODs on the on this Twitch channel and that are still not on the YouTube channel, uh, this is being uh, addressed, uh, actually even addressed as we speak. Um, I am, it, okay, so where, remember a while back when I said that we needed an editor? Yeah, let's add an S to that word. We need editors at this point because we are now 10 plus behi uh, episodes behind um, needing to get on the YouTube channel. And some of those videos, so, yeah, some of those uh, past recordings are now being auto-deleted by Twitch because, of course, all the streams that stay, uh, don't stay on there forever. Not like they used to in the past. Twitch will fix that. Um... But yeah, I do have the videos. Don't be afraid. Don't think that the um, don't think that those episodes are now gone to the void. Absolutely not. We have them. I have them, and I'm gonna make sure that um, command staff has access to them to make sure that they don't get lost in the void. And we'll get them to the YouTube channel as soon as we can get some editors uh, to help us with the ginormous backlog that we have. So, um, also, on further news, uh, real quick, uh, shout out to Calf, uh, for providing what is an amazing, uh, artwork for the Airlock podcast. It's not going to be used in this episode because he literally just sent it to me, uh, what, five minutes ago. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I will get those, um... The, the new uh, stuff out for the next episode. Promise, uh, Calv. Thank you again so much. This is amazing work. I wish I could show you right now, but I don't have a live screen that I can show it. Uh, but yeah, today, today, let's now go back to where we were originally here for 
to talk with one of our command staffs, one of our fun favorite Seagram's loving admirals. And everybody, please welcome. Oh, hang on. And oh wow, we're we're racking up technical difficulties. Why is my unmute button not working? There it goes, finally. Alright, uh, everybody welcome Sector Admiral Camjin Mac Maverick, and you're gonna have to forgive me if I mispronounce his last name. Lap Lamez? Lamez? Did I say that right? Lamez. And, uh, why is. Okay, now the screen is switching. Of course. Welcome. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you doing today? Ah! Beautiful evening. Glad to be here, Legion. Yes, and I, um, I want to take a quick moment to point out something I forgot to say to you before the podcast. Saw the uh, artwork, obviously, that Newt made. Two things. One, wasn't expecting the non-helmeted version of you. I was like, oh, there, oh, there's an actual face. Oh, this is amazing. This looks amazing. And then I realized, why is he holding a ketchup bottle? No, that's not ketchup. That's Seagram's. It, it is Seagram. Uh, Newt sent me a preview of it, and I, said, and I was, in the original draft, was holding a whiskey tumbler. I was like, you know what would make this just a little bit cooler? <laughs> Add a Seagram's bottle. Yeah. yeah. That, I'm loving it. I'm actually loving it. But, of course, I love all of Newt's work. So. But I was like, <laughs> this, this just makes it perfect with the Seagram's and all that. I almost almost cracked open a Seagram's. I was like, yeah. <laughs> to work night and i and uh, i do have business with rapier and plith after this conversation so i was like eh, probably best not to, gotcha. not to start early gotcha 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 well i'm sure the viewers are gonna want to know what exactly but i'm obviously i obviously know uh that's not to be discussed right here maybe next time well who knows if you, if you stay and listen the whole night maybe you'll get a teaser or two out of it oh okay good 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 to know more secrets. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I've said this in, uh, in the show before um, to those watching live. Again, I do have the chat window up, but if I do not uh, specifically point out something said in chat, I apologize. Like I said, two screens, fourteen windows. I can only do so much as a human. So, uh, I'm trying my best, so if I don't say something in chat that happened live, I apologize. Uh, we will try our best, but for right now, uh, let's just focus on uh, the questions I sent you. Let's start off with how you joined the Emperor's Hammer Time Corps. Oh gosh, that's, a, that's an old question. I'm, I'm going to transport you all back to an era of America Online. Oh, at its greatest. Oh god. So, so I was twelve, and my my dad had decided in 1995 to get a to get a new computer. We had a Tandy 1000. He said it's time time to be online. I was like, okay. And my cousin had the disc versions of the X-wing games. Oh, and I was like, hey, that's really cool. So we're we went, we're picking out the computer, you know, of course, we were at, like, CompUSA. Again, guys, oh these are my God. that existed 30 years ago. They Do, don't exist. As, as I was say, does a CompUSA even exist anymore? No. <laughs> no, they're all gone. Yeah, as I say, uh, along with Radio Shack and uh, Blockbuster, they are now things of the past, I'm afraid. Yep. 
Radio Radio Shack being where we got our first computer back in 88. <laughs> oh, God. oh, the year of my birth. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Yeah. Um, so as we're, as we're like going up and down the aisles, because I'm, of course, wasting time, my dad was like, hey, we're getting this new computer. Is there a game you want? And, of course, glowing, like right above my 12-year-old, like, reach was a copy of TIE Fighter. And I was like, Dad, I want that. Yeah. He's like, you want to be the bad guys? And I was like, yes. Yeah. And that purple <laughs> box with the emblazoned TIE Fighter on it. I was like, yeah, I want I want that game. So what, what became a major purchase, then I was like, well, I need a joystick, Dad. Like, I need to be able to do this right. So I, I started playing. Um, it was ironically enough it was around this time uh it was mother's day mother's day happens to be the date of my parents anniversary so it was a big gift for my mom and then i snuck my way into it so i played tie fighter and i was like this is awesome and of course i finished the game as one is prone to do and in 95 i was going is there something more so i start searching for tie corps uh, or tie fighter something something along those lines and I found custom missions that were part of the Thai Corps. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is awesome. How do I join? And then <laughs> what started was some poor, I, I forget who it was. I think it was, um, I think it went by the name Scavenger. It's none of the scavengers you're probably referring to. He was mm-hmm. court-martialed back in the mid-90s. Oh my god. For, for some who That's knows infraction. Another court martial in the past. I'm hearing. I've been I've been hanging out with a lot of uh, of command staff. I'm hearing a bunch of stories of those that have been court martialed and or exiled from the TC. I actually had a question um, originally about a, another member that I heard from Miles, but I was like, you know what? Probably don't want to ask those questions during the lo- during the podcast. So, but. Oh, but- we can come to it. So ultimately, I, I join. I join in Delta Squadron. So for those of you in Delta Squad, that's that was my original home. I had a very original name. I was known as Mark Hamill. <laughs> I was say was <laughs> so Luke Skywalker joined what the uh, the was it still a squadron of assassins back then like it is now or uh, it was recon. Recon, At the time, okay. it was recon, deep, uh, deep space recon. Gotcha. And it was, it was enough that Ronan reached out to me. I was like, "Are you, are you the Mark Hamill?" And I was like, <laughs> "No, I'm a 12 year old kid. <laughs> I just didn't have any creativity when I was making a, a screen name. So I was Mark Hamill for a few months <laughs> until, as the internet is prone to do. And and if you're not familiar with this, guys, spoilers." There are a lot of pervy people on the internet, oh, and when they God. thought <laughs> that they were talking to Mark Hamill, I got some pretty explicit content sent my way. And my mom was like, "What the heck is that?" I'm like, "I don't know who it is, Mom. Just said it." She's like, you "Gotta get a new screen name." Yep, and it's like at this point you've learned one of the one of the oldest rules of the internet. Um, we're not gonna say that rule. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. it was it was that early on that it was uh, that it was made. Oh gosh, don't, yeah. don't think it don't think it's a late thing. No, it's been there since I think the creation of the internet. <laughs> it, it it definitely has. Mm-hmm. So so I'll I'll kind of fast forward there through uh, through a few years. So I was I was a flight member in, in Delta Squadron. My um, my commander gets court martialed. Something he's gone. 
I became commander, and here here I was, 12, a commander of a squadron. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm in over my head. Seems to be the and, common theme for new commanders. I myself can say the exact same thing, and I wasn't even 12. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I resigned to Ronin. I was like, Ronin, I'm out. But they kept the the hook that kept me engaged was the custom missions. I was like, gosh, there's a new battle. There's something else to do. I, I was like, I stay connected. And back in the age of MIRC, I was still talking to people in AOL chat rooms. And I found my way over to the infiltrator wing. Did Ooh. that. So I was in Green Squadron. I, wait, no. I don't remember my first squad. <laughs> which color? Which color was it? <laughs> it wasn't colors. I think it may have been Aries, um, but oh, I don't okay. think that's right. Um, I'm sure somebody in the, the chat will help. <laughs> but then the um, the fear opened up, and a commander position opened up there. And at this point, I was a little bit older, a little bit wiser, and I went for that. Mm -hmm. So, for me to keep going on that tangent, we, we'd be here all night. But Delta Squadron was where I got started. Um, I, I actually spent most of my, actually the majority of my EH career in the Infiltrator Wing and the Dark Brotherhood. And then through, um, throughout the ages, kind of touched on everything. You know, I'll, I'll touch briefly the, the roles that really stood out to me that I, I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Always enjoyed being Commodore of the Challenge. Uh, that, I did that when I was in college. Um, would have stayed in in the role if if not for the fact that I graduated, got a real job, had no internet because I had no money for a few uh, for almost a month. Yeah, I was like, guys, I'm I'm trying to get my feet wet between uh, a brand new adult job and and this girl I met, who's now my wife. I was Aww. like, I, I need to focus here, uh, but I love that job. Um, I love being on the High Court of Inquisitors, which, which may seem weird. Like, why would you want to be the boogeyman in the middle of the night? <laughs> but I love that role. I was, um, yeah, I was saying, I don't mind that at all. Why do you think I wear a mask? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if that, if that still existed, I, I was ready to retire into that role. I, I thought my career would be done as a fleet admiral on the court. Mm. Um, loved being reconnaissance officer. It was great being able to, and this is, of course, at the infancy of social media, but being able to go out and, like, make connections, talk to new people. Um, and then, obviously, as the executive officer. Uh, a lot of learning, and, I, and I've spoken about this in the past in several other uh, places, but a lot of learning in that role. Um, a role that came to me probably 10 years earlier than it should have. Um, and that's really influenced what I do now as the sovereign protector of listen a lot more and give direction a lot less mm -hmm. no questions over that legion uh hang on i started to have some issue here on my end my i think my headphones are starting to die on me i'm sure i'm sure it doesn't sound weird at all give me a second uh, I'm sorry, can you say that last part again? Because, yeah, I think I no, fixed the... So, uh, so, questions over that very brief career before I go... You, okay, go so, so, I think... 
you you've pretty much been a, a what is it a jack yeah jack of all trades so I many so many positions have. between i let's see i'll, I'll try and name all the subgroups quickly tycor <laughs> infiltrator wing dark jedi brotherhood intelligence division corporate division bounty hunters guild smugglers guild that takes you back because smugglers guilds only existed for a little while right um the fringe the, the senate i'm guessing that's the directorate uh the that... fringe became the directorate ah the fringe okay and then i think that's all of it okay so when you say the dark jedi brotherhood is that what's the dark brotherhood today or is there so, what, are those two different ones or the exact same one no so so the dark brotherhood or dark jedi brotherhood this kind of a, a bone of contention in terms of naming is because both were used interchangeably at the beginning mm -hmm. some of the graphics said dark jedi brotherhood some just said dark brotherhood and it it became one of those why do you say jedi mm, okay but you had you have to keep in mind in the time that that lore was being created the mythology of the sith didn't really exist a lot of what became the sith as we know it got fleshed out in the phantom menace and then the books and graphic novels that followed the mm. phantom menace where as Master Yoda, you know, famously says, only two there. Always no, two there are. No Master more, and no less. Yep. And everyone was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, that That doesn't jive with all the other stuff. Because you look at the Timothy Zahn books. You're like, here's Dark Jedi Master Joris Koboth and all these other things. Mm -hmm. So there was this long-standing debate that started started then saying like well why do we say jedi why do we don't so i'm i'm horrible i interchange them all the time um but whenever i'm referring to the dark brotherhood here i'm referring to the core dark brotherhood pre-exodus that occurred in 2003 oh i was gonna say seven but i guess i'm off or on 2007, that 2007 no it could have been uh I, I remember hearing something about the about the exodus and I thought it was around 2007 because in my mind I'm like oh so the time I graduated is when it apparently the exodus happened but I could be wrong as well I'm not I don't remember uh, 02, 02 to 03 is what Marenta is saying 07 to 08 was Astatine which was actually one of the ones that Miles was talking about <laughs> yes yeah so I, I I have a fairly vivid memory of it happening while I was in college. Uh-huh. Um, and I was in college between 2001 and 2005. Okay. Because so you... 2000, 2008, 2009 was around whenever I became EXO. So it, it, there had to have been a, a good gap of time between those two events. Okay, so... It's... Then I, I guess it's around not when I was in high school, but actually when I was in middle school. Gotcha. Yeah, there was a <laughs> lot happening while you were learning the uh, ABCs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Solve so for X. Why is X in math in the first place? <laughs> um, Easy. Yeah. To mark the spot of where you're going to get the wrong answer. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the X is what uh, what they would put on my test when I failed it. Oh, not kidding. I actually did really well. Um, all right. So, all right. So there's the back exodus of the Dark Brotherhood. Man, you you've seen everything then at this point, almost everything, or no, everything at this point. Yeah. So, so where I kind of fade out is after after I was executive officer you know executive officer I was ex again like I was saying came about 10 years too early <laughs> I was executive officer at the time I was engaged to my wife so wedding planning trying to you know every free moment I had was you know, making sure I had things ready yeah. for the wedding Yeah, it was I needed to bow out but that was also at the time where Star Wars Galaxies and Ooh, eventually wow, yeah. the Old Republic were going on. And, and at that point, that's where I was spending most of my time. I wasn't sitting in IRC. I was sitting in Galaxies because who, who wouldn't, or at least to me, I, I would much rather prefer being like, hey, I'm going to go swing a lightsaber online and chat with people. That was that's if you that was where I spent my time. That, that's also if you made it enough to get to be a Jedi. I remember at one point in that game, it was almost near impossible to get to that point. Yeah, and I didn't. I did not do it until the combat upgrade. Yeah, mainly because I, you know, I could have, you know, and, and my wife to this day still mocks me because I never got a full suit of Mandalorian <laughs> armor in that game. Oh, I, I could. Jedi in the old system, or at least the village system. Yeah, I still yeah. put in the effort. Yeah. So, so for me, it was I. I did the holocron grind. I had enough holocrons, and it said you need a master creature handler. And I got to, um, if you remember the the old system, you had like four boxes. There were there were four boxes and four columns. So I was like four, 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 three, two, or something like that. And I was like I. I just don't like playing this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Handlers, like I'm, I'm tired of trying to get my, you know, sludge panther to go and attack things on Talus. I was like, ah, it's like enough. I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna play the game I want to play. I'm gonna go back to being a bounty hunter. Yes. Then the village came out. I was like, oh, this is great. Like I can help. I can be who I want to be, and then I can eventually unlock it. And then I learned ratios for the second time mm -hmm. in my life. Like, a, a 30 to 1 ratio mm -hmm. <laughs> gosh it's just all I'm going to do is sit on Kashyyyk and kill spiders over and over and over again <laughs> so I was like I don't want to do this I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go play the game the way I want to play it and then the combat upgrade came out I was like fine I'm going to go be a Jedi <laughs> and then I was like this is not that great yeah <laughs> It wasn't even that good because then you'd have if it wasn't for the fact that like grinding so long to get to be a Jedi and then when you finally get it everybody's out to kill you because yeah. you're a Jedi <laughs> and it really didn't like there wasn't like enough mythos around it. it was like hey you have a range attack you have force lightning it's like I see a lot of Jedi with force lightnings that sucks that's not supposed to be but you know <laughs> yeah so it it was clear I'm going on this tangent because we were on Twitch. Yeah. It was clear that as the developers worked on that game and what they were hearing from the fan base, 
a open sandbox game set truly true to the spirit of Star Wars at that time where there were not supposed to be a ton of Jedi was not what the fans wanted mm -hmm. the fans wanted Jedi you know Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight they want uh, Jedi Academy and Jedi Outcast they, they wanted to sling their glow sticks which is why when the old republic came out oh, it was God. like okay you you've made us smart you can be a jedi you can be a sith you can do it right out of the gate you can you'll be locked into certain abilities it's like that felt more real yeah it also was based off game mechanics that you know made sense <laughs> absolutely so so for those 10 years between when I was executive officer and when I came back as ISP, that's really where I was. Um, and it was only the last few years where I had pretty much retired. Um, I was, um, you know, I, I have four kids. Eldest is nine. Youngest is a little over a year. You know, I, I, I was busy. I was busy with life, loving it. And as a trustee member, you know, once once a year, all of us old farts would get on a conference call. We'd talk business, make sure that the club was, you know, sound, was operating. We had the website, we had bills paid, all that stuff. And to shoot the shit for a year, be like, okay, see you guys later. And then 2020 happened. And, and I don't know if you guys have seen this in a oh, galaxy boy. far, far away, yeah. but... 2020 turned the world upside down. Yeah. So there were t there were kind of two key things happening for me in 2020 between hey, there's a pandemic and for me I was running it for my company. So I was running our you know, I was coordinating all of our events, you know, getting our C-suite and executives together. So at the beginning I was legit would wake up, sit in my office at home, be on a webcam all day into the evening read up about the latest thing on covid yeah. and then go to sleep and do it again yep here's the latest covid statistics we'll see you uh, tomorrow oh yeah. <laughs> uh, trust me i looked at all those graphs yeah now the other thing that was happening was my wife was pregnant with our youngest son oh boy and he's fine my yeah. wife is fine but yeah. it was a complicated pregnancy oh so we, she ended up being put on bed rest at the hospital. Okay. So I would I would work all day. Um, it, it, this is literally how my day has got to be. I would wake up, take take the two oldest kids to school, have my parents uh, come or my wife's mom come and watch the um, our third boy or our middle boy. Mm -hmm. I would drive to the hospital. I'll work for my wife's hospital room, and then I would come home late, make sure. And I was like, I need, I need social engagement. I need a life, because <laughs> no one, no one was doing anything. No one was interacting in person. All the school clubs and events that I was a part of weren't Not doing there. anything. Yep, and that was one of the major issues during it. It's like you know, humans aren't meant to be. What's the word I'm looking for here? Socially outcast from everybody. Uh, I would use yeah. the term caged. Caged, yeah. We, <laughs> we were caged in our homes. Yeah. So I'm I'm legit, you know, stuck in my office or stuck at the hospital. And I was like, 
I forget what it was. I, I forget if it was a post on Facebook. If it was, Miles, I'm going to shout out to you. Great job <laughs> putting that out there. <laughs> but, but somehow, it was, hey, the EH is on Discord. And I was like, well, what the f- what the hell is Discord? <laughs> First off, what is this other news uh, social experiment that you speak of? <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is new. Um, but I was like, hey, I'll, I'll give it a try. I'll spun it up. And it was like, all of a sudden, you know, I talked to Rapier. I was talking to Rapier. Like, hey, do you know what this thing is? Like, send him a text. He's like, yes, we're on it. Where are you? <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, we've been on here. Where have you been? It's like, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I was like, oh, the, the community is thriving. It would be great to kind of see what the community is doing. But also, I reached out to Rapier and said, look, here's my situation. I need something to keep me preoccupied. And, and I legit said it in this way. It's like, is there any sort of bluff position? doesn't have any responsibilities you know i'm not looking to like be a commander or a leader again it's just something that gives me access to the database again so i can take um i watch courses and i, I want to try my hand at making a mission which i know i have all the beta feedback i need to actually finish it <laughs> but that, that was it i was like hey i, I want a reason to like be able to hang out on the in the channels again and you know be able to you know play around in the old sandbox and, and rapier's like how about the imperial sovereign protector i was like sure i looked it up on on the command staff board i was like all right i'm scrolling 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 all right i'm under ronin got it <laughs> I, I was like sure why not and kind of two things happened one, I'm I am an insufferable engager. I like to talk. I like to, you know, I like to mix things up. I see things going on. And I'm like, I just can't help myself. Hey, I've got an opinion. <laughs> Do you mind if I offer that opinion? Oh. It's like, hey, that's a really great idea. Have you thought about this? And they go, oh, I haven't. That's great. Yeah, let me try that. <laughs> and then people start looking, going, oh. Sector Admiral, Trustee, Advisor. Hey, can I run something by you? I was like, well, I, I, I yeah, I, I mean, it's in the job description. I wasn't planning on doing anything, but yeah, sure, ask me a question. And then, you know, one thing leads to another. I'm like, okay, let me, you know, uh, let me network. Hey, Cliff, got this question. Or, you know, hey, Dempsey, got this, you know, this came up. What are your thoughts? And that slowly led to me being like, hey, Rapier, I think there's an opportunity here for the group commanders to get together and talk, you know, share ideas, get your feedback. So I've been running that since 2021. Once a month, Rapier, Pliff, uh, Mont, whenever Mont was still in his previous role, we'd get together. And it's what's on the agenda? You know, what what are the key topics? What, uh, you know, Rapier, what are you looking for? What are you hearing? Cliff, Mont, you know, what's going on? What do you need Rapier's opinion on? And really helping to listen to what's what's going on, what's the needs, where the, you know, topics de jour. Hmm. And then helping to guide. Say, well, what about this? You know, here's here's where I see the risk, or here is where I see an opportunity. Have you considered going down this path? And that's 
that's really taking the spirit of the ISP role um, to heart. You know, it really was at the genesis kind of a, hey, here's someone who is an elder statement of the club who, you know, wants to still be around. But is really meant to advise, to, to give perspective. Now, the, the greatest opportunity, which many people would see it as, as challenge, is I have no authority. I can't come in here and fire any of you. I can't come in here and promote any of you. You can't award medals. I cannot give out demerits. I, I am literally a, a wolf with no teeth. But it helps me, personally and professionally, because I have to influence. I have to help others in how they can be better. And that's, that's where if I, you know, take us back to whenever I was an executive officer, that is not at all what I did. Whenever I was the executive officer, I had my big point pants on. <laughs> I had my dad voice going. Right. Like, we are here. And in that era, and really, uh, whenever I talk about that era, I'm talking about the era after X-Wing Alliance um, and Jedi Outcast had really been played past their prime. Everyone who was new to it, you know, had already had their time. The people that were playing it were really the diehard fan. And there was no new flight sim. There was no new first-person shooter that was Star Wars related. No, no. It was. Yeah. It was. What is the club going to do? What's going to keep the club active? You, you can only say you're four to five years post indoor for so long before people say, "I've spent, you know, ten years playing someone four years after indoor." <laughs> it, it's kind of it's it's starting to get a little confusing. So. One of my biggest failures was I said, we're going to move to the Yuzzik Vaughn era. We're time skipping. We're going to be fighting base lizards and other crap. And oh. no one wanted it. Oh, like we did. oh, so so this this is the reason we don't have a cannon yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, oh, yes. I, I believe someone in the chat has been waiting for a reason. Uh, go, go, say, go on. Go, go on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I was just I was excited. It's like, oh, we finally get to know. <laughs> so, so that's why we didn't, you know, I made that jump. You know, Sirik and I, we, we talked on the phone a lot about it. We're like, you know what? Everyone's, you know, everyone's up in arms against it, but we're going to do it. And we did it, and no one followed. <laughs> like, that's not who I am. I'm not playing that. I'm not, I'm not dealing with biological engineered crap. <laughs> Yeah. And then and then of course Sirik and I are bashing our heads against the wall and I'm pacing in my apartment, you know, trying to tell my, my fiance, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't I can't call you back. I'm talking to Sirik. We yeah, we got made up crap we're having to solve. We're <laughs> like, why is no one doing this? Well, because we didn't listen. We we just jumped and we said, Here's what we're gonna do, here's what's gonna happen. And this time, in terms of the story progression. It is an organic, and I told I told you guys, hey, if you stay here long enough, you may hear some some cool stuff. This is what Rapier and Pliff and I have been talking about: is we don't want to jump ahead too far. Okay. We don't we don't want to all of a sudden be, hey, we're with the First Order. Now Rapier, um, if you ever have an opportunity to talk to him, oh, we'll, God, we'll tell you. I hope, I hope one day I do. <laughs> you know, he he puts this very succinctly 
It's why should we assume that the Force Order would be happy to see us? Mm. When, you when you think about that, the Force, the First Order is fanatics. You know, if you if you draw the parallel to like Nazi Germany, the the Nazis were fanatics that grew out of the brown coats. The brown coats were what originally drew them to power. The brown coats is what started in the beer halls and like bringing everyone together. Right. And, and guess guess what the Nazis did with the brown coats? They killed them all. Yep. Because they weren't fanatic enough. They weren't dedicated to that iconography. So you have the first order that is built around Snoke, and all of a sudden another Imperial faction shows up. It's who the hell are you? Why didn't you answer any of the earlier calls? Because as you look at the current history, we technically should have shown up over Jakku and joined that fight. We didn't. Now, we have our own mission. We took our orders from Palpatine. You know, there's Operation Cinder and all those other, you know, kind of cool teaser things. Mm -hmm. You know, Palpatine was a man with plans within plans. We were one of those plans. General Hux doesn't know jack shit about us. <laughs> General Hux is not the type of person that's going to sit down with Rapier and be okay with it. Look how, you know, Rapier carries a lightsaber. He was a former Grand Master. You saw how Hux relates to Kylo Ren. <laughs> and in terms of, like, force power, if you, like, really take the movies out and you rate force powers, Rapier would be more powerful than Kylo Ren. Oh, much. So, Hux is going to be like, yeah, I don't like you guys. I'm going to try and get rid of you. Now, Snoke may know something. Snoke may be bought in. They never really dive into that. You, you never really know, did Snoke know that there was a Palpatine behind the throne? I was going to say, or what, was, was it was was it he supposed to be some sort of, like, puppet, literally, in, in, that, in that aspect? Well, he's definitely cloned. You yeah, know, I'm, and I'm basing this off of film only. We clearly know Palpatine grew him and made him, but was Snoke trained by Palpatine? Is he sitting there being like, "Hey, now I'm, you know, I'm the Count Dooku face of this while you're in, in the shadows," or is it, "Hey, I just woke up and I had a purpose, and everything with the Final Order is truly secret." So there's a lot of how will they react. And if, if you rush the story to have us engage with the First Order, it's going to have to be a, a one and done. Because if you look at the time frame that we're operating in, they're going to have Starkiller Base in about a year. So there is no, hey, here's the Emperor Samurai doing stuff along with the First Order. It's First Order is going to go public. They're going to blow up Hossian Prime. They're going to be in war for a couple of years. And then they're gone. Okay. I was so going to say, Hijacker, I'm, hope, I'm hoping you take notes down because this, this is going to answer a lot of your questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what we're looking at is, is a couple things. Um, one, it's, you know, we're in the unknown region. We're on uncharted territory. There's a ton of stuff you can run into. But the the more important piece that I'm focusing on is I want the story dri to be driven by all of you. 
I don't want to be sitting here. And, and I, I'll be honest, I could do it. I could do it with Rapier, with Flip. We could sit down, we could storyboard it out and say, here's what we're going to do. But we want the competitions and the fictions that were created for those competitions to help drive what's going on. So this is actually what Rapier's been doing for the last couple months and what we've been talking on is he's reviewing all the fictions. Um, we are looking through and we're saying, hey, I like I like this piece from this story, but I don't like anything else. Um, I like these couple elements, or I like this theme from this other fiction. How can we pull that out and incorporate it? So we're looking to take components from what was submitted through the fictions, for the graphics, etc., and say, here's where the next plot point derives. Oh God! And for all of you to sit there and say, oh my gosh, that was I made that, or I created that, or I wrote about that, and now I'm seeing me, and I'm already invested because I helped make it oh, drive God. the story forward. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually so afraid. I was like, wait, you're taking from the fictions for the past few months. I'm in there. I'm like, oh, no. What? Please. Oh, what? Don't tell me you've used any of my stuff because I don't know if it's good enough for EH canon. No, no. So it, it's the ones that were submitted for the um, it was from last year's big competition. We're oh, not okay. pulling straight from Ron on. Let, let, me, okay. <laughs> let me make this incredibly, incredibly clear. Uh. The Silwar Hansu plotline is not canon. <laughs> oh no, I think you just made someone, uh, a specific warrior commodore, really mad. <laughs> no, Marinta can rewrite it at any time she wants, but it's not canon to me yet. <laughs> I will I will now let her blow up my DMs being like, what are you talking about? Actually, I think she's the one. Yep, she's clipping this very moment. I'm guessing <laughs> she needs some video evidence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> in, the, in the famous words of Knuckles the Echidna, oh, no. Uh -oh. <laughs> so, no. Uh, yeah, there you, there you go, Marenta. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, those are the things that they take more time. But the the end product has a, a better hook and a better engagement for everyone when it is that way. And that's that's something that I see as an evolution for the Thai core is how, how can we go from simply, hey, we're gamers. And, and I'll take a moment. Let's let's acknowledge we're gamers. We do it very well. We have a presence. I've seen some of the comments from some of the other online clubs, whether it's in Battlefront or uh, Squadrons. Be like, oh, look, it's the Emperor's Hammer. You know, you guys are always playing together. You're screwing up the queues because solo queues aren't working. And it's like, well, buddy, that's the point. Ah, I see someone has been reading, been reading the JV officer chats. So, let's see. Let this be a lesson. You never know where I am. <laughs> reading up on things yeah. but it's we, we do this very well look at raise the flag imperial storm um these competitions we we game and it's fantastic but the opportunity is how can we build a story element around it you know part of imperial storm does this very well hey we're gonna go and try and capture these ter territories well what if that's advancing his plot line what if it's, hey, we're not just, you know, randomly selecting some planets to capture on a board game. It's, 
we've entered this new region of the unknown region. And we need to establish another beachhead. How are we going to do that? We now need to, now that we've established a beachhead, we need supplies. How are we going to do that? You know, what's, what's our objectives? And this is, this is why I always love Imperial Storm. I would love to have it as a board game. I would pay legit oh. money. I, 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 I was actually going to ask you that question because I um, this that question that I know you're reading off the list that one is specifically from Phoenix himself he he was I asked all the Commodores for one question uh, each of them to ask you and unfortunately I didn't get one from Silwar so I just chose two from both Phoenix and, uh, and Marenta and uh, yeah, he he really wanted to push the idea apparently of Imperial Storm being an actual board game, one that could possibly be put on the tabletop simulator. Absolutely, I would I would love it. I actually found uh, last year there's a website you can make your own board games. Yeah, like they'll like they'll print out a you know on a cardboard stock your board, and you can get figures and dice and all this other stuff it, it is suited to be a board game and it would be fantastic um now obviously the way we play it is far more engaging than simply like oh okay Put you know your, your fleet meets yeah. another fleet you know roll you know three dice or whatever but it works it works for that type of a setting so i would love to do it so you would uh, yeah, so there, there you go, Phoenix. I, I don't know if you're. I know you're probably asleep, but for when you watch the the video, the podcast, there is your answer. He is very much interested in doing a tabletop version of Imperial Storm, and I'm actually happy and, to hear that. <laughs> but I, I have an, an Oculus Quest too. Oh my God! All right, so, we're step. So we're we're raising the stakes. We're raising the stakes. We're not only doing it in a tabletop simulator. We're doing it in VR. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, I need to actually... You know, it's funny. I have a VR headset. I have Tabletop Simulator. Not once have I used the two together yet. <laughs> See, I I love the, um, the Quest. So, I'll take it back to, to 2020. So, 2020, you know, we're locked in, finding yeah. the Empress Hammer. Yeah. And I was... I'm trying to think of a of a fancy way to say this, but we we kind of, my wife and I kind of gave each other pandemic presents. <laughs> I, I had to Pan- search for some alliteration there, pandemic so pandemic presents, presents is going to become a thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, go on. Um, so I I bought my wife a greenhouse. So we we built a greenhouse in the backyard and we Aww. put in uh, these four massive raised planters for gardening. And she said, "Well, you can go and you can finally upgrade your computer that you last built in 2008 to, to you know, have a modern computer." I was like, "That's great!" It's like a squadron is coming out. A squadron's in VR. I'm going to do VR. Oh, so my God, I, yeah. I, I have found I love VR. Um, and, and again, coming out of the pandemic, I could get into my Quest. I, I have it hooked up to the computer. Then it was through wired. Now it's wireless. Lucky, I still but, have the wired version. <laughs> but what I can, what you can do is you can basically go to this home, virtual home, mm-hmm. and connect to the desktop. So I would sit in this virtual log cabin in the middle of the forest and talk to you guys, or 
you know, right. And so I love VR. I think it's a great means of being social and being engaging, especially in an increasingly remote landscape. Right. Now, oh my god, I I have so many uh, projects I want to do for the EH in VR, but I, I kind of want to keep up on the download until... Um, until we have the resources for it, uh, but th- hearing hearing that you um, he- he- hearing that it's like okay, good. We we do have someone in the in the command staff. I was I, I didn't know if Pliff or any of the others in the command staff actually even touched VR, but now hearing that it's like okay, good. I can pitch all these ideas to you and see what you would think about it. Um, still flushing about, but we'll we'll get we'll get back to those one day. And, and again, there, there you have exactly how I went from I just need to be in a position where I can take some online courses and, and fiddle fart around trying to make a mission to, hey, can I run some ideas by you? Yeah. It just happens that naturally. Yeah. I would be, if I was a politician, I would be dangerous. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even want to think about it because <laughs> I, I have a standing reputation that I'm hundred percent hate every single politician but then i get people that like you hate politicians yet you act like them sometimes i'm like you take that back before i smack you (laughs) but it's like i i I look back at what they said i'm like damn it that is something what a politician would do what what do i what do i do with with this information (laughs) but uh i had to ask this because i know marenta's constantly stabbing me in the back to ask you this um bit bit of a sidetrack question because i know she's been dying to hear the answer back in uh imperial storm uh when you were making the camden cards for the drunken admiral which will be another question here in a second um (laughs) so based off of her words which card did you have the most evil glee issuing to a fleet that landed on your slippery speakeasy um, <laughs> so that's that's a great question um the one the one to me that that i i had the most fun writing um well what was probably the well there's there's two I, and i'll tell you I'll tell you the the two okay. so so the first one is the, um, despite your best efforts, the ISP party last night with a whole hangar deck crew, none of them have reported to duty negative 500 repair points. Yeah, we've hit, we've, uh, the challenge have had that one before. Thanks for that. So, <laughs> so I love, I love that one because in my mind, I'm, I'm picturing that there was at least one person who was trying to stop the party. That was like, what are you doing? You can't be drinking that much. You can't be doing this. And it, it reminds me a lot of my fraternity days of, you know, inevitably one person being like, do we have class in the morning? Yeah, like, what I mean, are, I mean, like, why are you doing that keg stand? And you're like, I don't care. It's weather and climate. You know, yep, hoist me up. That's me. I'm raising my hand right now because that's so me. Uh, so, like, that's, <laughs> so that one I'm laughing that, that in my head canon, there's, there's at least one person who got that card who was like running around like Bilbo Baggins with the dwarf showed up <laughs> being like don't don't chip my plates don't bin my spoon it's like stop it cause that's what Bilbo Baggins hates <laughs> and then you know here here I am just being like no nah, we're gonna party all night keep it going <laughs> so so that's one the, the second one is the 
You got distracted during the party, and the ISP snuck into the bridge and messed with the navigational controls. You receive one random movement this turn. And then yeah, I think the challenge got that one too. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear it's towards an awesome party. Because that, that's another one that is like, someone someone was probably like, okay, you know, Camden's here, we're, we're having some, some brews, the tequilas, you know, pour, pouring liberally. <laughs> Keep an eye on them. It's like, it's like some, some poor sub-lieutenant is like, your only job is to hang out with this high-ranking individual and make sure they don't get in trouble. <laughs> And they, they lose sight. It's like they blink and you're gone. <laughs> it's like I turn my head for just one second. I don't. How could that happen? Like being being berated by the commodore, being like, "How could you mess this up? Where is he?" And then all of a sudden, the ship just lurches to the side. <laughs> They're like, "He's on the bridge!" Everyone races to the bridge. And I'm just, you know, drunkenly stooped over the controls, being like, "Yeah, we're we're heading to Starport as we lean to port." <laughs> Oh my god, I, I I need we need to find an illustrator to like actually make these like little mini cartoons because I actually want to visually see that. <laughs> not well, not even joking. <laughs> oh my So god. those are the two that, that I just really liked. You know, the the other ones were kind of especially the the positive ones, you're kind of like hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think we got that was another one that we got was the the first one we got from the drunken admiral space that we uh, we landed on uh, five hundred uh, plus repair points. It's like oh cool, we 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 got off easy the first time. Second time minus five hundred. It's like right, we've canceled that out completely, utterly pointless. <laughs> and then the third time we got moved randomly. I'm like, can we stop, <laughs> please? Yeah, and there. That became a point of, of conversation, and, and that is something that we'll look at in the next version. Was the way the way I operate it is, I, I'm literally doing random rolls. I'm going to Google and saying roll 66, turning it in, saying, okay, wh- wherever this takes me, let it take me. Um, so so I'm, that's how it. How the, I was always wondering how the the drunken admiral moved in the IS4 board. Now yep, I know. So it's, <laughs> It's all completely random. There, there is no, there is legit no more thought. I would get a, a message from Phoenix usually around the time I was getting up to take my kids to school. I'll go, oh, I got to roll. Go I would have just, just pre-rolled before I went to bed. <laughs> oh, so you know, whenever it comes, it comes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Would would roll it, take a snapshot, and say, here they are. Read it upper left to bottom right. And away we went. So towards the end, whenever it was becoming evident, gosh. I'm hitting a ship like every other turn. We started multiplying my moves. So if I was moving, you know, I would move like two spaces at a time, say, so that it would be less frequent. Yeah, I was gonna say, did you, you hit us four times, four, three, three times, four mm-hmm. times, yeah, three times. I think you hit the warrior once. Did you? Correct. Did you even hit the hammer? I don't think I did. Damn. <laughs> I I think the hammer, you know, is is an opportunity for me to party with another <laughs> level. Okay. Um, when, you know, the whole thing came about as a joke. So, of course, we're joking about this. And I think next year, maybe we'll have some rapier cards. 
in there oh, as well. Oh, uh, so what? Rapier is going to be the good. <laughs> in terms of Monopoly, Rapier's the chance cards. And, no, community chess cards. Yours are yep. the chance cards. <laughs> I'm chance, oh. you would be community chess. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, correction. Moretta is stating that the warrior got hit two times. Oh. I was too drunk to remember that <laughs> Man, this role playing is really accurate. Wait. <laughs> well, and and it's it's uh, honestly the whole joke of the drunken admiral. You know, I embrace it. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I I actually don't drink that much. You know, with <laughs> with four kids. Yeah. Showing you know one having an opportunity to drink to excess is limited, but two, coming home intoxicated is dangerous. Yeah. Because if you come home intoxicated and the kids are still awake. You you better fake it, buddy. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like the good old days back in the navy where <laughs> we'd have to we'd have to uh, muster our attention every morning, and the poor fools who <laughs> who were drunk or drinking all night and tried to stay at attention is not possible. <laughs> so we no. we literally had to somehow hide the fact that we're holding them up. Uh, while staying at the at attention, very difficult to do. Very, very difficult to do without getting caught. <laughs> we met, we, ma yeah. we managed it, but never again do I want to do that. <laughs> so now, some of you may be wondering how, how did this whole thing come about? Um, yeah, so I was, I, I was about I'll... to ask why Seagrubs and why copious about the Seagrubs. <laughs> so, so what happened? So this was. Uh, not this Chalkila Cup, the one before it. So that was... Two. Because I March, think this is three. April. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right, yeah. So March, April 2021. You know, things things are starting to kind of give some easement, um, at least for a little while in 2021. So I, for, I forget what was going on, but my, my wife took all the kids. Like, all the kids were out of the house. My wife was out of the house. And I... I had to do some yard work, so like I had mowed. Um, I hadn't eaten anything that day because I was like, I gotta do it for myself. Mm. Who wants to do that? Mm. Um, but I was like, hey, I'm I'm gonna fly. I'm gonna fly in VR. I was like, I'll, I'll have something to drink. You know how? Why not? <laughs> so of course I go through the house and there's nothing but seagrams. Now, my wife doesn't like to drink. Um, the long long story to that is my wife doesn't have a gallbladder bladder and alcohol just mm, right, passed through her right, so right. heavy you know heavy alcohol beer doesn't do well so we get you know whenever she does feel like having a drink it's usually sangria or seagrams yeah yeah good yeah so we had seagram daiquiris in the house and i was like well we're not having friends over i don't know how old these things are <laughs> i don't want them to, i don't want them to go to waste so right. there were I think I had I think there were eight that were available and it's hey I'm, you know I'm just hanging out I'm gonna have a one have two <laughs> you know and then it was okay we're getting ready to fly so I better bring in a few just you know in case uh huh I see where this is going <laughs> and whenever whenever I fly I tend to fly with the quest on so I can't really see what's going on right. so I'm just like grabbing the drink and like tossing it back and it's <laughs> Soon enough, I'm like five or six seagrams in. Oh no! And I'm I'm having a rip roaring good time. Now my piloting, <laughs> not so much. 
you know, my, my piloting at this point, uh, I th- we were on the map with the asteroids. Oh, Galatan. Okay, yes. Galatan. I, so, the one so I hate like the Galatan, most. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, it is very easy to end up scraping against those asteroids. <laughs> especially that was the pretty little, much all I was doing. Especially the little small ones that you don't notice they're there until it's too late. And, oh, look, pilot error. <laughs> well... One, when you're in a TIE fighter, you don't exactly have the best visibility. <laughs> yeah, that's also when, true. <laughs> when you're spinning, intoxicated, and a TIE fighter, it takes a little bit of time for your eyes to recenter on what's in front of you. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I, now, I, I think I got maybe one or two kills. So I mean, I wasn't completely worthless, but I was pretty worthless. <laughs> Wow, and, I, just, I just saw what Hijacker wrote in chat. Spinning? I heard that's a good trick. <laughs> it is a great trick. Yeah, it so it just became like, <laughs> hey, we're flying with the drunken admiral. And never, never be one to let a good joke die. I was like, yeah, let's play that up. <laughs> but in, in, in seriousness, that's, that's kind of the drink that we have on hand. Right. Um, because whenever we ha- whenever we do have people over and we have beer or cider and seagrams, the beer and the cider tends to go very quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's what lingers in the house. And I'm not I'm not going to break out the hard liquor right. just to have a drink. Right. Yeah. But no, that's that's how it came about. It, it literally came about from I, I have nothing else to do. The kids are gone. I'm going to fly. I've got I've got kind of permission to do this. So, so one Why night, not? one night in Galatan. Hmm. This seems to be the running gag with a few members here in the TC. You, you with the with the drunken admiral, and then we also got hijacker, who's also in chat. Where we were doing the um, oh, what was the competition with um, within the challenge? I think it was the chal- the the challenge championship something. Uh, it's the one that Hansel was running a while back. Chow Cup Leaks, yeah, thank you, Hijacker. And <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't play uh, Star Wars Squadrons, uh, the B-Wing is the is a selectable ship in the game, and it has this ability. If you uh, add the uh, gyroscope, oh, the, yeah. gy- the gyroscope, uh, the gyroscope, I call it a gyroscope, the gyro auxiliary on that, you can adjust your the ship the the ship's uh orientation it's a useless ability you don't need to actually do it in the game i don't know why it was even there in the first place game designers were just stretching for ideas to put on the b-wing but originally it was meant to increase keyword to increase the amount of rockets or ammo capacity that your other auxiliaries have Someone read that wrong <laughs> and thought that it, if you spin the ship, you recharge your ammo. <laughs> oh gosh! So it um it was the it was the uh uh for uh, I forgot what it was I think it was for the the third place uh my team the Black Thunder um that had Zylo. Uh, in it at the time um, against I, 
I'm I'm so bad with trying to remember uh, Hijacker's name back then, or um, his team's name back then. But it was both of them. They, it was ruled that they have to do a we had to do a one v one. Um, whoever wins wins the third place ranking. We were getting second and first, so it's like let's just get it over with. Uh, Firefowl, thank you. Yes, it was Team Firefowl versus the Team Black Thunder, and. Um, Xylo was running his normal TIE Fighter build, and um, yeah, Hijacker took the B-Wing with the with the Gyro Auxiliary and rockets. And <laughs> as he says in his defense, someone told me that I hadn't read the description at all. <clears throat> so uh, he, he thought it was just his spin it and it will charge your uh, ammo and lasers. Fine. So he does. Mind you, a lot of us are watching this uh, as spectators and just seeing a big wing windmill for no reason. And then we hear, why aren't my rockets recharging? <laughs> See, I, I love stories like that. Yeah. You know, th those are the, the hidden gems, real moments between people in this club. <laughs> that th those stories are going to live on. You're, you're gonna hear those stories recited for years to come. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, for, uh, it's like I know there's others. Uh, I can't I can't bring them to mind right now, but I've heard others, other stories that happened in Galatan where it's just like it sticks with people, and that's like it always happens on that map. Why that map? <laughs> I just I don't know. You know, it's a fun map for me, and and for me. You know, when when I was, whenever I was making Tie Fighter missions back in the the late '90s, never published. I don't think I have a single medal of tactics. Um, <laughs> yeah. Same. But the thing I always wanted to do was like, I want to fly through stuff. I want to have obstacles. I want to, you know, I loved the glitches in that game, of hey, I can blow the missile missile launcher off of a star destroyer, fly inside of it, and it's just you know, as long as I can fly <laughs> with the ship. <laughs> I can just go to town and never get shot. Had no idea what I was doing was an exploit of a game. I thought I was being cool. <laughs> but, so whenever I would make missions, I would put like as many asteroids as I could or put as many space stations close to each other. And whenever X-Wing Alliance came out and you could like actually fly inside of things, I was like always putting those things in and be like, this is great. I actually have to like fly and I have to like show my skill. I love it. So having those maps in squadrons, I, I love it. It's also why I hate Yavin. <laughs> it's like all I'm all I'm gonna do at Yavin is what what X-wing Alliance uh, multiplayer was back in the day. It's all right. We're gonna fly right at each other, and whoever has the steadier hand wins. or is able to track with your movement yeah. wins. Yeah. And where's the fun in that? Yeah. I I know there's a lot of you who have a proponents and a pre preference to Yavin and that it's truly the skill but to me it's boring I think the only good things I hear from Yavin is during my time trial events <laughs> because there's, since there is no obstacles and the, the spawns are so close to each other uh, the, time, the, the time boards are so close which I have to ask you your, your thoughts on the insane times that are being posted what what are you what are your thoughts on those? 
I honestly don't have an opinion on it. Tell, yeah. tell me more about this. So the time trials that have been uh, running, the Legion's challenging time trials, it's pretty much, think of me in a TIE Interceptor or in an A-Wing, acting as the Golden Stitch from Harry Potter. You have to kill me three times as quickly as possible. I don't, okay. fi I don't fire back. All I do is run away. No countermeasures even. And it's only on Yavin for this season. Um, I... Uh, I had it with uh, in other seasons where it was going to be just random maps. Those tended to be a problem because then you'd get something like Nadiri Dockyards, which is one of the longest maps other than, I believe, Xavier Abyss, which was even longer. And the times would be three to five minutes. It's like, that's not fun in a time trials competition. Um, but yeah, um... I was always, when I first started this competition, it was like, ah, no one's going to get under three minutes. It's, it, it's going to be impossible. And then Jospens freaking blew that out of the park, along with several others. And second season came by, I'm like, okay, cool, so fine, a minute. No one can do under a minute. Again, gets broken down completely. I'm like, all right, fine, 30 seconds. No one's going to get under 30 seconds. Literally on the time board right now, if you look at the competition center, um, I think our fastest time currently from Vice Admiral Silwar at a 19.95 seconds with Kebla Omega at 19.96. At this point, we've reached the human capacity factor. I don't think it's possible at this point to break or to get any lower than those. And every time I keep saying that, every time it gets broken. And I, every everyone that uh, has been keeping track of it, um, has just been saying these times are absolutely insane. And yeah, uh, I was just wondering if um, uh, what what people's reactions are to seeing that and trying to get their live reactions. But yeah, so I'll I'll give you my my reaction is. We've been doing stuff like that in the Emperor's Hammer for decades. So, so back in the day, uh -huh. there, um, when we had elite squadrons, um, so elite squadrons here, and gosh, uh, someone is going to say something in chat, whoever for it is, I'm not looking, I'm not going to answer. <laughs> um, there, Marenta's already laughing. <laughs> I, I know, but there, you know, each elite squadron kind of had their own criteria of things that you would need to do. I think you can look up towels. Most of towel stuff was joke based. Uh -huh. um, but but Black Squadron in the infiltrator wing had a time trial for the X-Wing. It was the original X-Wing game. It was the X-Wing training mission where you have to clear a, a minefield. And I think there's like two containers you either have to destroy or inspect or something like that. Okay. And I'm trying to remember. It was like you have to do it under a minute and it was like that's impossible it's like no one could do it you know as i was as i was going through it i'm like Ugh. i'm like it, it takes me three minutes but then then you start working the problem you're like oh well i'm taking all this time for a targeting lock to shoot my my torpedoes i can dummy fire them mm -hmm. okay so that takes out some time then it's like hey you know hey that got me down to a minute and a half Okay, well, what's next? It's like, well, I'm, how much time is it taking me to like target? It's like, oh, well, if I'm targeting, you know, instead of 
recognizing the pattern for the grid that the minefielder laid out, I'm wasting more time trying to target because that target may have me move out of direction whenever I could have taken two or three out in a row. Mm -hmm. So let, let's stop targeting. And then it's, well, what else could I could I do? I'm like at a, a minute 20 or, or whatever it is. And then it's like, well, I'm charging my engines or I'm charging my... I'm charging my shields, I'm charging my lasers. Well, if I dump all of those into my engines and I know which way to fly and where to turn, it's like all of a sudden you're at 58 seconds. And, and I was like, I just want to get into the squadron. I'll get to 58 seconds, I'm good. There were people that were way lower than that. So as you start working the problem, as you start seeing the patterns, hey, where, where do I spawn? Where do they spawn? Where am I going to intercept them? All right, if someone goes and intercepts it at that point, where's the spawn point? Where are they going to come back? How can I position myself after that kill hmm. to get to that spawn point? Because there's a spawn timer, depending upon what your, your criteria is. How long is it going to wait for them to come in? Do I have enough time to get over there? So the more you run the same scenario, the more you will learn, and the more you'll be prepared to be able to go and get faster. So it doesn't surprise me that it's getting fast. Um, I do think that there's probably a bottom that you'll get to. Um, I'm not saying that 19 seconds is the bottom, uh, but probably somewhere close to that, is you need to have enough time for for them to spawn, for you to confirm where they are, to start, you know, start moving to lead them, and then make your shots. Okay. So yeah, that that does sound similar to what the um what the top uh shit, what the top 5 have been doing. Um the top 5 uh competitors in the um on the top board are doing right now. They're they're trying to find it's like, "Oh, we do, we need to know memorize where the spawn points are or maybe if I use this auxiliary instead of this auxiliary or something like that. So yeah, that sounds very familiar. I'm glad to know that I wasn't actually the only one to dis to think of something like that. Thank God, because I was actually afraid of like, wait, all this time, uh, the EH hasn't had some sort of time trial? Impossible. I, can't, I couldn't have been the only one to bring something like that. And that's actually re reassuring to know that I wasn't. But uh, And I, it really came back to, you know, the old school days i mean i i think that 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 was probably the only one i was aware of but i'm sure there were others um anyway yeah no that was a great one I, you know happy to give you my unscripted reaction okay um so one last thing i got here um was your time in the db in the dark brotherhood uh i don't remember who asked me that question but it was it was on there um wh what was your time in the in the dark brotherhood uh okay yeah as i was gonna say this this is kind of an open-ended question is that the word um so i'll yeah i'll take you through my time with the with the db so so i joined the dark brotherhood out of praetorian squadron best least squadron there is again i can't hear you i don't see your comments whatever you're ty typing i don't care it's the best one <laughs> um so so at the time the the rule the rule at the time was if you want to make a house 
um, which was a grouping um, within the Dark Brotherhood, you need to have something like 33 members. And Wraith, who was, or sorry, Wrath, who was the commander for Praetorian Squadron, was working with another individual in the intelligence division to start a new house. It was uh, House Scule Palatine. Um, and, and he basically was going down the line and he was asking, Marinta, I told you, I don't see it, I don't hear it, doesn't exist. <laughs> um, so he was, he was asking, he's like, hey, we're, we're getting close to having enough people to create this house, you know, would you be willing to join? And I said, sure, why not? Had no, had no idea what I was getting into. I was, I was in Green Squadron, I was in Praetorian Squadron, that was kind of like where I was at. I was, you know, I was happy, I was young. So I joined, I'm an apprentice. So I, to, to this day, one of the proudest moments I have is I was a founding member of that clan, that house and then that clan and then goes on, Marinta, stop it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I don't care what squadron you think was better. You're, you're wrong and that's okay. I still appreciate you. So, so I joined the, the house and that was the time where the Shadow Academy, which was their version of the IWATS, you, you joined as an apprentice. But if you took the Shadow Academy test, you would go from an apprentice to a guardian. So this would be a kind of akin to you joining as a sub-lieutenant and taking a test and suddenly being a major. Oh. So I went, I went from, I filled in 10 questions that hurt Marinta. Oh, did you see Chad? I, I'm or, seeing her messaging me privately. Oh, the DMs. Oh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, I'm looking at Chad and I didn't see anything until what Hijacker said. Something, something, Obelisk, something, something, Achilles. Yeah, yeah. I'm, good, good, good to know. <laughs> um, so, so basically, the way the Shadow Academy worked was... It was 10 questions. Like, what color is Darth Vader's lightsaber? I mean, super simple questions. Ah, okay. And then a, and then depending upon your order, um, at the time, there were only the Sith and the Kraith, or Krath. Krath, yeah. So you, if you were a Sith track, you flew a uh, TIE fighter free mission. If you were a Krath, you made like a poem or something. Hmm, okay. Very minimal effort. So it went from hey I'm, I'm here i was asked to kind of like be a warm body to hey i'm a guardian okay well what does that mean um and then i became the commander of the house squadron and this still boggles my mind i, I mean i have it i'm not going to give it away i'm not going to give it up <laughs> i earned it but we there was some competition we ran and my the house squadron won so I got an Emerald Dagger. So an Emerald Dagger is like a GOE, you know, oh. or a, or an Imperial Cross. I mean, it is it is a top tier award within the Dark Brotherhood. And, and here I am with one of those. It's like I had one of those before I had like an ISM or a PC. I mean, that's <laughs> very, very wild west. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. loved it. I was like, gosh, this is great. Look at all these great awards. Now, the hook was I wanted to get a lightsaber. 
at the time, you had to be a dark Jedi Knight before you could get lightsabers. So uh, I was like, yeah. hey, what do I have to do? Still do think I it work? is. Still think it is. It, it's uh, still. Yeah. It is still. Um, so I was like, how do I get this? So I'm, you know, I'm moving up the ranks. Now, in that time frame, um, so I eventually make it. Um, I, I bugged the Grandmaster at the time. His name was Jack. Just constantly. I was like, hey, I made some graphics. Is that enough for a promotion to, uh, to Jedi Hunter? And it's like, yeah, I guess so. It's like, hey, I did some of this. I, you know, I, I was very good at self-promoting. It's like, hey, I just want to let you know, leader of the club, that I did something minor. Would you please recognize me for it? Completely ignoring all the chain of command. Mm. You know, this is why, this is why you don't have preteens, um, <laughs> or at, you know, early teenagers, in a club like this. So, so at a certain point. There's the great clanning. So the clanning, uh, I, I, trust me, my wife, my wife makes fun of this to this day. She's like, oh, you're gonna go play with your little, you know, your little clan. I'm like, would you please stop talking about that? We're here. Um, so the clanning occurred once the obelisk came into play. So that's, that's the ground troopers. So you basically had Sith that flew, Krath that rode, and obelisk that hit things with their glow sticks. <laughs> And each house became a clan. Each clan had three houses. So I was the first Adelie, which is the second in command of a house, for a Clavius Draco, all within DSP. So I was the first, you know, second in command. I was the second in command of the house. Grew up to um, be proconsul, consul of that clan. And I loved it love that community love the, the people that we worked with and I had an opportunity um, I was I uh, was a magistrate for the headmaster um, I was the one when Dark Jedi Knight or Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight came out I was the one who found how where the save file was within this the gaming files and how to pull it out and read it to be able to say hey you've gone to a certain point so as the shadow academy was looking at you know what's the obelisk version of that free mission it you know i was the one who proposed like hey look if they get it to to level 12 as long as you go to level 12 and you make a choice to be the dark side that counts and that that would be your exam so i i was the one who enabled the shadow academy for the obelisk Okay. So my job, my job became very tedious. So everyone who became a obelisk um, member would submit their file, and here's what I would do: I would open up the game, pop in the file, read it. Got they were dark side, come back and say yes, it passes. Okay. I mean, it was wasn't exciting, but it was it was important work. Um, and from there, I went on to be praetor for the master at arm, which was. Um, the roster keeper and and it, it's amazing it, it never dawned on me until recently i did that job a lot in a lot of different places i was the flight officer for the infiltrator wing um i was the master at arms for the dark brotherhood um, i think i did a similar role uh for the corporate division um but i, I kept coming back to that role Okay. At the time, it was very easy to um, 
it's very easy to keep track of it because you just had to put it onto a Word document. Right. Now, I was master at arms when I was 17. And there were there were two things that, that kind of coalesced there. You know, one, I was a senior. I was applying for colleges. I was going and looking at colleges. And Zorin was the grandmaster. And for those of you who don't know who Zorin is, you are lucky. Uh, <laughs> the man... The man role-played every interaction with you. So every email he sent, every chat he would have with you on IRC, he was in character. Ooh, that's dedication. I like it, actually. You know, and you, know, they're, they're, you could be cool. You could do role-playing. There, there are times where you can do, like, a role-playing session and be like, yes, I'm going to be Camgen. I'm going to be the drunk admiral. Woo-hoo, yay. <laughs> but then there's, like, you're trying to do work. Ah. Uh. I see. And this is forget, you're, tr- yeah. you're trying to understand, you know, what's going on. How do you want to engage? And you're getting these, you know, grandstanding like, I have the power of the force, and I don't need to. And you're like, dude, get to the point. <laughs> so it's like, it's like I so, asked you to do four copies uh, of this word document. I don't need to know. You can do the use the force. <laughs> Something, right. like, something like that? Yeah, okay. Pretty much. So <laughs> okay. so I ran into a problem of, I, I was gone for a week. And, you know, I'm 17. I didn't tell him where I was. Uh... Um, and that, you know, looking back as an adult, it was my fault. Should have should have done that. Should have been like, hey, I'm focusing on finals. I'm not going to be around. Right, yeah. Could have done it. I didn't. So he slapped me with the dereliction of duty and he fired me fired me publicly and stripped me of my rank Oof. and and i was pissed off that, I was like, naturally guy. yeah that, that is the natural you know and you know 20 21 22 years later i'm like yeah i get it still don't still like it of, <laughs> still an overreaction i still don't like it but i get it um so i i kind of went dormant for a while um came back in college and again went back to school at Pal- uh, Palatine became uh, Adelie of uh, Calavernus the Sith house at that time uh, because the houses now were aligned to each of the different orders uh, went on to be Quaestor, pro-council, council, kind of kind of see a trend here. As I say, for those of you who are not in the Dark Brotherhood or, uh, there, there is a manual that can explain all the regs don't worry if you're like coming into this part of the of the video or the podcast and like what is he saying there there is a manual for that all on our website yeah and the way I, the way i would translate it here very quickly is i basically came back as a flight leader flight leader commander wing commander commodore all right and you know similar type level of responsibility right right now Brotherhood, which always operated differently, you had you had all the clans, and each clan had its own personality, and you had the Dark Council. So, the role I ended up in was that of emissary. So the emissary basically ran an assembly of all the councils. What and we we were touching on things like possessions on. Uh, master student program like training programs all those things mm-hmm. and then 
we would we would you know put the proposal together you know see if we like it then i would bring it to the dark council and say we want to vote on this got my rank back um so i'm a i'm an adept one one rank below master you know i'm i'm the i'm the anakin skywalker <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna, brotherhood i was just know. gonna say it's like you literally pulled an anakin right there congratulations it's like we we allow you to be on this council but we don't award you the rank of master take a seat <laughs> pretty much um so i did that um and that that led into the exodus so i'll briefly touch on the exodus i won't go into okay i, I won't go into a lot of the, the back and forths to it but it, it basically boiled down to astatine Yes, this this is the one that I've heard so much about from Miles. Yeah, so so again, I, this could be a whole separate podcast in, in great detail. Yeah, but the the bottom line, and and again, it's a lesson that I had to learn um, as well. Is you can't control everything. You know, if, yeah, if you're going to be a successful, high-ranking leader, you can't control and do everything yourself. You have to trust your team. And you have to trust their subordinates right. you can't to be able to work together. Yeah, you can't micromanage literally everything. What's the point of having a uh, chain of command? Right. And that was Astatine's problem. Astatine wanted to micromanage. He wanted to be uh, in control. He wanted to be making decisions. He, you know, he would, he would, in effect, say, hey, like, hey I'm going to let you make this choice. <laughs> You would come back and make your choice, like, no, that's not what I want. I want this other choice. So what what the Brotherhood wanted was, hey, look, we're, we're happy to stay with the Emperor's Hammer. Can, can we just stop talking to Astatine and work with Ronan? And par, part of the role of the executive officer was you oversee all the subgroups. Well, I, in, I interpret that now as a mature adult <laughs> as you're an advisor to them you're, you're there to help bring down barriers what do you need what are you trying to do do you need to get time with like a turtle to say turtle we need to prioritize some improvements to the website this is what we're looking to do where does that fit in sure let, let's make that connection let's discuss priorities and let's see what can come down and what can go up it's hey you're wanting to to run this and you need the support of like hey it would be great if the Thai core would do this with us all right let's let's bring Pliff into the conversation let's talk through that it's like that's really what the executive officer should be doing it's how can I help you right. be successful what Acetine took that as is no I'm your boss I am telling you what to do you will do it my way or the highway Oof. No, and they opted no. for the highway Oof. yeah that's so that's about right so it's an unfortunate situation of it could have been de-escalated. It could have been walked back. And personalities just would not back down. And, and you saw how that ultimately played out with Acetine when he became fleet commander. His way or the highway. Yep. I heard that all about that from Miles yesterday. We were actually in a discussion about something else. So I'm not going to get in it. But uh, yeah, he was he was regaling me his side of the tale of that whole event, we'll, we'll call it. And uh, yeah, 
uh, I learned a lot that day. <laughs> um, so, all right, go yeah, go ahead. So that's that's kind of my my time with the DB within the Emperor's Hammer. You know, from there it was when you were in the Star Wars galaxies or Star Wars: The Old Republic, you kind of had a a brotherhood profile, but we we did everything within the raid group, so there was no recognition elsewhere. Um, and then kind of now as an ISP, I advise anywhere. So regardless of, you know, which group or what's going on, but if you have questions, here to talk through it. So then here's a quick question, because I'm always going to be plugging this. What are your thoughts on Empire at War being part of the Emperor's Hammer Tycor at this point? Sorry, I I always I always ask that question to everybody. Uh, if if you don't have an answer, don't worry about it. <laughs> so there's there's two prevailing thoughts, uh-huh. and and I, and I'll I'll be candid. Rapier and I disagree on this, um, and it's okay to disagree, um, because there's. There is a long-standing precedence, and this is Rapier's position, uh, which which makes sense, and I'll be clear. It makes sense, and I, and I have no problems with it, mm-hmm. is there's been a long-standing division along certain games within the Emperor's Hammer to to draw the attention to say, hey, this, this group exists around this type of game because we want to attract that community because if we put it all into one community it gets diluted so if i'm if i'm seeking to play battlefront hmm. as an example and the tie core is all focused around squadrons how easily am i going to find someone to game how easily am i going to be in a group with like-minded individuals so if i'm in sin squadron and i'm like hey guys i joined i have battle front uh one and two I, I really want you know i'll fly i do i'll do the flying stuff but i also do the ground stuff that's my jam and everyone is since squadrons going well we're just flying squadrons how invested are you to stay in sin squadron so then then you go looking and let's say that you look and you go oh gosh there's you know there's alpha squadron alpha squadron is playing battlefront i want to go play with them but alpha squadron is full well where are you going to go Right. You'll you'll most likely leave. So there there is a benefit of saying, hey, if you're interested in playing these type of games, Galaxy of Heroes, uh, Star Trek Online, uh, Jedi Academy, or, or whatnot, you know, come here, come to the Dark Brotherhood. That exists for that purpose. If you want to fly squadrons, if you want to play Star Conflict, Tycor is your jam. It makes sense to help direct people like that. Now the problem becomes, what happens whenever there's a group of people that want to play it but don't want to be in those other communities? Right. How do you balance that out? So that that is a topic that, for me personally, it's let people play the games. How we track them in terms of recognition points is for us to decide to say, hey, if you want to, if you want to play empire at war go right ahead but may- maybe that's not a legion of combat that maybe that's not a legion of skirmish maybe that's not 
progressing those specific items because then you're artificially inflating them. And there was there was a conversation a couple years back about, hey, I'm I'm just a single player pilot. I'm not playing multiplayer. So for me to be able to get to the highest tiers is impossible. I've done the math. There's not enough free missions or battles I could do to like get there. Mm-hmm. What what could be the option? So right now, I think the prevailing thought, and I'll I'll ask Pliff here later tonight, is that it's it's kind of more not a tie corpse game. But that that's not to say that that's always the case. You know, this organization has grown. It's fluid. It has to be. So how do we find a middle ground? Because you look at things like the hammer's fist. Mm-hmm. Does, does it come back? Does it exist? Does it have a role? Can it exist? And the, you then you, you go and you rehash some of the old arguments from the you know the 90, 94 to two thousand era of well. I want you know I want to play those games so do I have to have a profile of the Hammer's Fist? Do I have to have a profile of the Dark Brother? But what happens when suddenly I'm split two to three different ways? Does everything suffer? Hmm. I haven't actually thought about it that way. So that that's the things that I'm talking through with Rapier and Pliff and Turtle and I talk about it. Marinta and I have talked about it in the past. It's at the time, and, you know, I, I'll use myself as an example. You know, being twelve to seventeen, it was yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a stormtrooper for a little bit, do a little bit there, but I would only last like a month, and then I drop out. Then I would come back in a few months later when I wanted to do something. So where's the longevity? But I I, I wouldn't want to be clones like that because. Where's the story? You know, I'm, personally, I, I like to fancy myself a writer. You know, par, uh, I would love to be a professional writer. I don't know if I'll ever get there. Um, but like, if I'm if I'm looking at Maverick as a character that has existed through the last um, through the last twenty seven years. How do I tell a story that says, oh yeah, Camjin, there's Camjin, the executive officer, but there's also Camjin, the stormtrooper, Camjin, the infiltrator, Camjin, the intelligence division officer, and the elite pilot, and the corporate division executive, and the <laughs> bounty hunter. You know, you start sounding like it's the plot of Moon Knight. It's like, how many people <laughs> exist within me? Yes. <laughs> and it gets, I was just thinking that. <laughs> and it gets confusing. So if I wanted to like build my character now, and this is something that I've talked to Hijack about, is how can we encourage the wiki? How can we go from the you know Imperial Navy personnel record, which is kind of flat, and move that into a wiki and be like, hey, build your character. You know, who are you? Well, you know, yes, you 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 are in the Tie Corps now, but you had a life before this. You know, it's not the age of the Empire where it's, hey, everyone, you're just going to be funneled through a recruiting station to us. Are you from Aurora Prime? Are you from Karelia? If you're from Karelia, how the heck did you find us? <laughs> What's that story? Yeah. Tell the story. 
help grow the story. And to do that, it, it's hard to now segment everything out. Like some of the some of the things complement each other. Hey, I'm a Tie pilot, and I happen to be a Dark Jedi because I'm Force sensitive. All right, that complements each other. They works together. They're not mutually exclusive. You know, to to use the parlance, you can you can be a businessman through the week and still be a deacon at church at the weekend. Yeah. But yeah. to say, hey, I'm a you know, I'm a businessman during the day, but at night, suddenly I become a Super you, know, ship, <laughs> you know, a shift worker at Home Depot. It's like no one, there's not a lot of people that do two separate competing jobs like that. Yeah. So you're not going to be like, hey, hey guys, you know, I got to clock out of my TIE fighter at five o'clock. I got to get down to the ground, put on my stormtrooper armor because the Sarge wants me to be on the line. That story doesn't work. Right. Sorry, I just when you when you were about to say the shift worker, I just added Super Saiyan in there. I'm like, I want to actually see that a Super Saiyan shift worker at Lowe's. Wait, <laughs> um, it could work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it good training. So like, yeah, same thing with with the Legion character that I made. It's like, um, he's a he's a masked Mandalorian. Doesn't really follow the same Mandalorian views as the current ones. <laughs> drummer um, and backstory of him is he was an ISB agent who also flew a lot of TIE interceptors lots of TIE interceptors made his own thus the whole ghost bullet uh, that I made in the in the Valkyrie series and yeah but current uh, a lot of the big time questions is how the hell does he have all these abilities and powers it's like well I'm just getting into that with the backstories because those were backburner projects that I've been working on for the longest time. And it's funny because how this character was originally a D&D character that I, that I had uh, based off of an, uh, to quote, an undead tiefling warlock. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's like I had to like... Is I, everybody wanted me to make a character. I'm like, fine. I'll just convert that that character's and that character's backstory. Make it star. Uh, insert Star Wars logo in here. Same character. <laughs> Literally the exact same character. So yeah, making the story very difficult, but it's very possible. Right. And see, that's that's where those are things that that are timeless. Like video, the video games will come and go. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get teased and I, I openly admit and joke to it. It's like I've got, got a massive new computer with, you know, bleeding edge technology into it, and I'm running at a Super Nintendo emulator on it and Tie Fighter. <laughs> There's always going to be some timelessness to those games, but they'll, they'll ebb and flow and they'll go away. But writing, writing has existed for all time. Yeah. Artwork. Artwork has existed for all time. So, you know, special call out to Newt. You know, seeing oh, yeah. that artwork that's being created, seeing, you know, looking at the avatars within Discord, being like, oh my gosh, like, there's Marinta. I didn't know Marinta had, you know, white hair locks. You know, there's, you know, you know all of those. It makes it real. And that was something that, that as this community, whenever I was younger and first getting involved, into it was always the wow factor to me is you know i can write 
and I can put this together and it, it you know it sounds like a 12 year old wrote it but whenever someone put a graphic together like whenever the uniforms started coming out I was like that's tangible that's real I can see myself now into this it's like what an experience it's like now now that's become real so to me going into the wiki where you can build out that history where you can put in those pictures um, and tell the story helps get you invested and it, and it opens the avenue of more fiction to be written because you know it's it's not every day you get a Marinta writing a story about Silwar and Hansu and you're like oh well that, that's so insightful that tells me a little bit about who Silwar is and you know the challenges that he is facing and how and how Hansu reacts to individuals. And you you just reminded me that there's another one inbound that you're going to have to read at one point. Oh, another one? I've, I've read not, parts three and four. No, not Hanswar. Okay. The other one with me. And, oh, the other one. With me and Newt. Okay, yeah. I, I'll read it. I, you got my promise for that. Yeah, I'm just worried about um, Marenta's actually going to write. <laughs> but anyway, well, go see, on. That, that's exactly my point, is for you to... For you to be able to write a fiction about someone's character, what do you know about them? Right. So, so let's let's look at it this way. You know, who's Campjin? Do Do you know that I'm, you know, the son of an Alderani uh, from Alderaan? That I'm a duke? That you know I served in the Imperial Na- Navy? Um, that my father was a Jedi? That. Um, you know, all those backstory elements. Yeah. Do you know it? No, of course not. You know, my headcanon about Pliff is that he's a hoojib in disguise. <laughs> and, and that you all haven't yet realized that he's a hoojib in disguise. And, and that Camjin is the only person who, like, oh, sees him as a hoojib. And none of you are, like, Shit. like you're, just, you're, like, interacting with Pliff. Pliff is saying, like, hey, we need to do this, deploy the fleet, and everyone's taking it seriously. And I'm like, that's a, that's a gosh darn Ujib. I you know, that's that's how if I was to write a story right now with Flip, that's how I would write Flip. I, I, little oh, white Ujib I, on the Brit Superstar Destroyer. I equal parts hate and love that the fact that you brought that up because now I cannot unsee that. Thank you. Every time I hear his voice, I'm just gonna see that. Damn it. <laughs> that, that's it. You know, to me, he's like, you know, oh. You know, I'm gonna break out. I'm gonna, some energy. I'm gonna break I'm out. La- I'm gonna break out laughing one day, and he's gonna be like, "What's so funny?" It's like I can't say it. I can't say it. I can't say it. <laughs> but see, that's that's kind of the nuance. So, so for me, one that you know, I love seeing myself written because you know, I'm egotistical. I'm, I I can't help that. But it's, I want to see it written right. And whenever I want to write about someone, it's like, what what's you know. Is Genie human? Is Genie violent? <laughs> is Genie, you know, a literal blue man no. that's attached to a to a lamp and sitting in a Tie Fighter? I mean, the I way mean, you can you can look at this is Camden is like the only one who can see through the like the haze. Be like, there's a freaking there's a but, fox over there commanding the you know, <laughs> combat operations. There's right? A yeah, fox. Yeah. Giving operations. There's, you know, how many Ewoks have suddenly you know metamorphosized into this? <sighs> There's, there's a that unicorn that's strapped into, you know, a tie <laughs> fighter right now. And I'm pretty sure there's an aardvark that's backing her up. <laughs> and Camden could be going insane. But yeah, when um... you have that wiki, you can be like, hey, I want to write about Turtle. 
Is Turtle a soft-shelled turtle? Is he a <laughs> turtle? You know, what is Snapping. Turtle's background? Snapping turtle. <laughs> you, you then can, you know, write them with a certain degree of confidence. And whenever people then see themselves in those stores, they go, hey, that's that's great. They picked up that, that on that little detail or that little nuance. And that's really me. That's really my character existing. Gotcha. Real, so real I quick hope though. Hijacker is taking a lot of notes. He better, or I'll just send him the entire video file. <laughs> All two. Well, to be fair, to, to be oh. fair, I joke. He and I have talked about this. Oh, okay. Um, I wanted. I do want to go back real quick about Genie. Uh, I know I designed NPR. I don't know if he's updated it since when I interviewed him, but I finally, finally got out uh, out of him. He's finally confirmed. He's a chiss. We have okay. we had we have a confirmation. <laughs> now, so, whether so he again, actually updates his okay. IMPR is a different story because we don't know what he'll uh, weave out of it out of that. But I'm sorry, you were saying? Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, genie, a blue man, <laughs> I, I, red check eyes, his check his feet. Yeah. Make sure there's not a lamp attached to him. It's like, hmm, very, very interesting to have blood red eyes and blue skins, kind of like a chess. Hmm. <laughs> but see, it works for him, though. That that combination definitely works for him, and I love it. I didn't see it. You know, and, uh, you know, I'll pay Genie a compliment. You know, he definitely has a tactical mindset. You yeah. know, I've seen the way he's engaged with Imperial Storm. You know, he, he plays into a chiss character motif very naturally right right I'm, I'm sorry I just saw Moretta saying turtle is a gunk I don't know what that means what's a gunk I I, I try I'm trying to uh, google what what that is and I I'm not getting I don't know if this is Okay, no, that, this is a dictionary word for unpleasantly sticky or messy substance. You made me say that on a live stream? Come on. <laughs> you know, the, the greatest thing about this podcast is that Marinta is like the perfect heckler. That <laughs> only we see what she's saying, yet we have to react to it. And yet she was also on this podcast, which called the, the challenge a hippie commune. Really don't think Silwar enjoyed that, by the way. <laughs> The challenge is not a hippie commune. The challenge is a, an alcohol anonymous meeting. Yes. That never, never is able to get past the high. I'm an alcoholic, and getting a drink. Yeah, without ripping out a paddle or two and get, grabbing some tequila, because you know, we always have those on hand. It, it, it is a ship that is held together by by the drool of passed out officers yeah. that have cemented together all the cracks from the battle damage. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't worry, Silwar keeps asking me to make more batches of different versions of Chokila. It's fine. It's perfect. I'll promise to make one that's not that's non glowing at this point. You know what? <laughs> I, I think for the mass markets, a Seagram's Chokila would be fantastic. <laughs> Oh just my put, god, yes. Just put a ton of sugar in it. By the way, I still want to find um I, I remember someone saying that we had a couple of actual bartenders in, in the EH or uh, uh Mont. Mont is one. Mont is one. I also heard Echo was another one. Um, uh yes. 
guess that I need I need to ask them to make three specific drinks in in commemoration to IS4 um the the hammy the uh, what was it the the chalwar and the warenta we need to actually like make the team captains uh with their with their names fused with the ship as actual drinks. I actually want to see this one day. <laughs> it's like which yeah. one which one of them is gonna have the seagrams in it? Because one of them is gonna have the seagrams in it. <laughs> yeah, what you um what you need to make for me is that I am a girl drink drunk. Um, <laughs> if you ever watch Kids in the Hall, there uh, is a skit about girl drink drunks. Ah, uh, um, where we're, we're if, if you haven't seen it, because of course, Kids in the Hall is ancient for most of you, and probably exists before you were born. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look it up. Unfortunately, it, sorry. <laughs> it's on YouTube, but the, but the premise is that this this guy gets a promotion at the office, and there's like, hey, let's let's have a whiskey to celebrate. And he's like, I, I don't drink, I don't really like alcohol, and he's like, not even a girl drink. How about a you know, Cincinnati Mai Tai? <laughs> and he has this like massively huge sugary drink with all of these umbrellas and fruit in it and he becomes an alcoholic but he's only an alcoholic for girl drinks so the the common you know trope of hey, i'm gonna sneak into a supply cabinet and take a shot of whiskey from my flask he's going in there with a blender <laughs> making, making this like you know pina colada to drink in the um in the break room and no one and no one's oh. catching him Oh, anyway, man. you gotta look it up. It's hilarious. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely look it up. Now, I do have to point out, this has been the longest podcast ever it, on the on this channel. We almost made it to two hours. <laughs> uh, you know, remember what I said for the t- for the time trials that every time I say, "Oh, it's never gonna get under a certain amount of time," insert time here. I at one point said, oh, the airlock podcast, what's my longest? Uh, I don't think it'll ever go past an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and 20 minutes. Here we are at uh, one hour and 56 and 35 seconds. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) What can Uh, I say? I like to talk. No, this is great. You ask good questions. You know, these are questions that get you talking. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, We're also having a discussion um, because me, a hijacker and turtle, we were talking about, you know, finally getting these episodes onto the YouTube channel. Find main issue finding editors to help, you know, clean up all the sounds, uh, all, all the audio on the on the raw footage. But it's like we we we've come across the issue storage. Store uh, storage is the going to be the main problem, and you can only hold so much on a Google Drive. And these videos are a lot. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, if I can recall, I want to say one episode averaged out at like two or three megabytes or something. I I gotta look it up real quick. But um, but yeah, uh, the longer the episode, obviously, the higher the uh, <laughs> the hi- the higher the the storage. So I I'm. I'm worried to look at the video file after this episode. Oh yeah, 1.3 gigs. Um, that was that was the average. 
So it's like it, th- those are only for our one hour fifteen, one hour twenty minute episodes. What about the two hours and beyond? I'm afraid to look at the size of the files. Will it even go in a Google Drive at this point? <laughs> um, it will. It will definitely be interesting. But um, I know you also said you got um, you got a thing with Rapier and Pliff here in a bit. Yep, where uh, I gave them a quick ping saying we were finishing up. Yeah. So, yeah. so how about this? You know, one. One final question. Sure, go ahead. What? No, you asked me. Oh, me. One uh, final me. question to close it out. Okay. Uh, you know, this actually, believe it or not, has been my personal question. Um, why the Imperial uh, Praetorian mask? Why? Oh. Yeah. It's... For me, for me, it's. I, I have always loved the the Royal Guard mask. Um. And I always wanted to know, like, I, I saw you were the only one rocking it in the entire TC. It's like, all right, cool. I want to know what 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 was his reason for using that, or did he just like it? So that that's just me. So it's... Whenever I became Imperial Sovereign Protector, I was like, oh, Imperial Sovereign Protector, protect the fleet commander, kind of, kind of has a royal guard motif. Um, and there's an artist that made this uh, give me a moment i'll i want to cite him appropriately okay uh jake bartok big bartok um, okay. you can you can find him on facebook so jake j-a-k-e bartok b-a-r-t-o-k uh dash illustrator okay and and he has a entire series that is taking Star Wars characters and giving them a medieval look. Um, okay, that's where the medieval hint of it is. Okay, and I'll I'll drop some of this like recent stuff. He does this mashup between Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. I'm dropping this. Yep, I've seen I've seen them as a. Oh, they look and, and they look fantastic. They, yeah. they look just simply amazing. And he did this excellent one of um, the Royal Guard, and I was like, "Gosh, I love it! I'm gonna, I got this role. I'll." It just made sense. Um, there's nothing special. There's nothing preventing anyone else from doing it. You know, I'm not just gonna sit here and be like, "You haven't earned that right." <laughs> right, right. Just I, I, just something I was able to find. Yeah, I fi- I figure it as such. Same thing with the mask. It's like, yeah, the based off of. <laughs> My mask, based off of the old smiley emotes that you've may see in the, in the Discord at one point or on the stream or whatever, um, these smiling little emotes I've made since middle school, and I have at this time uh, right around forty variants of it. And uh, yeah, so it's like it, there's nothing preventing anybody from using them. I don't care. Um, so I, I figured it was it was the exact same thing with you. It's like yeah, it's it's just one of them, but not stopping. Not nobody uh, stopping from also using it as well. Then. Yep. Okay. You got it. Okay. All right. Well, I've kept Rapier and Pliff waiting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Waiting I, so long. I, 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 I don't want to be. Yeah. I had message Pliff that he is a hoojib, and his <laughs> his question back was. 
did, did I learn to trick them telepathically? I was like, in my head canon, I'm the only one who can see you for what you are. Hijacker, we need this in canon right now. <laughs> so it's up to you guys. You guys can make it real. I'm going to let that uh, decision go to Hijacker if he wants, the, if he wants that responsibility. I'm just here, here along for the run. <laughs> But anyway, I'll I'll let you go so you don't you, I don't hold you up uh, any longer. Thank you so much, uh, Camjin, for being on the show. Truly an honor and pleasure, especially hearing all the amazing tales you have. I am always uh, always happy to come. Always happy to talk to you, Legion. Always happy to share. For those of you who are actually interested in it, you know, I'll check the view counts. If people like it, the views will go up. If people don't like it, I'm assuming they'll tune out. <laughs> and then I'll know how you guys really think. Yeah, we, we still got to get these on the YouTube channel. Um, Twitch can only hold them for so long before they auto-delete, so we got we to gotta get them on the YouTube channel as quickly as possible. But, uh, yeah, I'll let, I'll let you go here. Thank you so much, sir. You have a great evening. You too, Legion. Take uh, care, everyone. Bye-bye. Alrighty, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it for the show. We have done it. Two hours and three minutes and 28 seconds and counting, and we're still going. Uh, yeah, it is, uh, it is definitely going to be a heck of a, of a file size for this video. Uh, yeah, so definitely learned a lot, uh, from a, uh, from one of the old, one of the veterans of the EH. Um, now wondering what uh, what Rapier and uh, Cliff are going to be talking about with him. Wanted to know, but it's like at this point, it's like it's on a need-to-know basis, I'm sure. But either way, uh, real quick, heading back to previous announcements that I couldn't get to before. Uh, going back to the... Uh, my podcast series of interviewing the squadron commanders of the EH Thai Corps. Um, it's been, it's, it, it, we've hit a bit of a, I don't want to say a monkey wrench because I still plan on going, going through the commander ships, but, um, as you've, for those of you in the, in the Thai Corps have noticed that there's been some changes already, uh, in the commander ship, uh, positions. Uh, for those that, um, uh, for those who know, uh, now Lieutenant Colonel Evilgrid, who was commander of Inferno, uh, has stepped down where now Captain Zylo Pathel, Moonshine Pathel, um, is now in charge of leading Inferno. Everybody has been asking me or wanting to know if I am going to go back at some point to interview Zylo. The answer is yes, but not for the quote-unquote commander series that I'm that I'm currently trying to run as best as possible. It was difficult during the Imperial Storm competition to get the podcast going. Hopefully we'll get back on a regular schedule again. Providing work doesn't screw me over anymore with uh, schedule changes, uh, I will do my best. Um, we will get back to him, and we will get back to Highlander, who I um, 
who I have next as the as the next commander to interview, uh, commander of Delta. I promised him an uh, an interview, and we will eventually get to that. It was just very difficult during uh, Imperial Storm and uh, real life scheduling and everything else that I needed to run um, the D&D special the EH exclusive D&D special which is on to my next announcement yes we do have a D&D campaign exclusively for members of the Thai Corps in the Emperor's Hammer uh, if you are interested in wanting to join up for that please message either myself or High Admiral Pliff uh, one of us will get you to those permissions on the Discord channel, and we will get you into the game. Um, very fun, very excited to see what the players come up with the next session, whenever I do get that scheduled, uh, which I promise next week we'll get back into that. I'll be posting uh, the schedules again coming this Friday. I just wanted to take this week to get all of my uh, all my paperwork in order for the disorganization I had for Thunder. I need to get back uh, get that back in order, plus all the other projects I need to work on. Plus, with the um, with the needing to uh, get Empire at War as part of the TC. Now I know Camden uh, stated earlier that he. Um, he doesn't think it should be part of the CEC. Respectively, I disagree. I still think it's, it should be uh, allowed in it as well. At least parts of it. But again, well, that's that's for another day. We can, we can always have those discussions. I still need to focus on getting, um, getting the proposal ready. That's also work I also need to do. But uh, yeah, um, I will be getting back to the commander series uh with highlander starting uh next on highlander probably gonna start get uh after him get all the commanders that i know will be able to set up uh interviews with i know there's gonna be one or two that is just gonna be next to impossible to do um, to do an interview live at least maybe we could possibly get a recording um, from them hopefully uh, but yeah I uh, I do still plan on getting at least hitting every squadron that I haven't already um, and then yeah uh, we will be back next week hopefully with Highlanders or another uh idea that's been brought up is having a post-mortem IS-4 podcast involving the Sims officer and the team captains, Colonel Genie, Vice Admiral Silwar, and Vice Admiral Marenta. Um, the Sims officer, Phoenix Bacana, uh, having them all on a channel and uh, getting, a, getting together a post-mortem to see where things went good, where things didn't go good, um, and all of that. So, yep, that's going to be it for me tonight, folks. It is running late, and I've already extended this podcast more than it should have been. We are now at two minutes and nine, or uh, two minutes, two hours and nine minutes. Give it ten seconds. We'll make it to two, two hours and ten minutes uh, in five seconds. Four, three, two, 
one. Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. You've made it to the two-hour and ten-minute portion of this podcast. We need to stop. All right. That is it for me, folks. Thank you so much for... for <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you guys so much for joining. Uh, I will be on, uh, hopefully, with Highlander or the IS4 crew next time. Y'all have a great night. Take care. Bye-bye. I really need to... Uh, <laughs> I, I really need to not extend this episode anymore.